You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. See, aligning with Jesus will create some backlash. I mean, people won't throw rocks at you, but they'll throw their disappointment, their disapproval, their disgust, arched eyebrows, narrowed lips, crossed arms, shaking heads, criticism, ridicule, rejection. It hurts. Salvation is a free gift from God. Of that, there is no doubt. But today, Pastor Dion says, get ready, because there's a price to pay for accepting that free gift. Jesus said that you have to count the cost. It can cost a lot in your life, in the here and now, but the reward far outweighs the cost. Yeah, there might be some that turn away from you and even mock you, but they did that to Jesus first. It might cost you your prestige or even your job. Count the cost. Is the reward of everlasting life with the Lord worth the cost of losing worldly things? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 4 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 4 as we continue our study through the book of Acts. And let's pray. Father, I want to say thank you for your presence, your spirit, and your word that gives us a foundation that we can anchor to whenever storms arise, persecution comes. We thank you, Father, that we've got your word and your spirit that fills us with boldness, that fills us with excitement, that fills us, Father, with your word. I pray, Father, that as we get into this study, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would impact us and inspire us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now guys, after Jesus' resurrection and ascension to the Father, things were going really well for the disciples. You remember Jesus resurrected, spent 40 days with his disciples, then he ascended to the Father. And as things happened, things were really going good for the disciples because number one, they got a new spirit. They got power to live. Everybody say that out loud. They got what? Power to live. Just as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples in the upper room and filled them and was transforming them to be more like Jesus. So things couldn't go better. I mean, Jesus resurrects, the disciples get endued, or the Holy Spirit descends upon them, fills them, is transforming their life. And that's not all. They also got, the disciples got a new family. They got a place to belong. Everybody said out loud, what? A place to belong. They got a new family. Jesus said before he left that he would build his church. That's a community of believers. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the disciples, they became the very beginning of this new family. And so here they are, they're doing great. They have got uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're part of a new family. They got a power to live, a place to belong. And in those first three chapters of the book of Acts, the disciples were growing personally. And the church was growing numerically. 
There was joy and excitement among all the new believers. It was really surreal. Everybody say that word out loud. Surreal. It was like a dream. Think about it. God was just moving amazingly. They were being ministered to the disciples. They were growing. The church was growing numerically. I mean, it was just surreal. Much like when we first come to Jesus. When we first surrender our lives to Christ. We're excited and overjoyed at His healing, at His help, at His hope. I mean, it it generates a song in our heart and a spring in our step, right? How many of you remember that? How many of you still got it? You know, because at that point, we get the fever. Everybody say the fever. What fever is that? We get the fever. We start to pick up and practice and promote Jesus. We want to learn as much as we can. We start to adopt and attend and appreciate church. So we understand what must have been happening in the first three chapters. The disciples got a fever, a Jesus fever, a church fever. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the fever. Just look at him and tell me, you need the fever. And if you've got it, you know what that's like. I mean, you don't want to miss a service. You want to be there all the time. You want to hear God's word. Every opportunity to be at church, to be among God's people, to be in a small group. Every opportunity you get to share Jesus or to mention his name. Or, yeah, I mean, you just have the fever. Thing is that when you start that, all hell breaks loose. Huh? You know, you get the fever, you want to talk about Jesus, you want to live like Jesus, you want to be like Jesus, you want to learn everything you can, and then that's when all hell breaks loose. Tensions, temptations, and troubles, they rush at us with extreme prejudice. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 tells us why that is, why that happens. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, dogs don't bark at parked cars. No, no, it doesn't say that. I'm sorry. That's not what it says, but pretty close. Here's what it says. Read it with me. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Yep, you read it right. The minute we want to be Christ-like, the minute we want to go to church and learn more and practice what we learn about Jesus, the minute we start that, the dogs start chasing us. Persecution, pressure begins to arise when that happens. Go ahead and say, ay Dios mío. Or if you're, as I say, you know, bilingually challenged, just say OMG. OMG! OMG! That's exactly what Peter, John, and an ex-cripple said in our passage today. Let me go ahead and backtrack a little bit. Peter and John, Jesus' disciples, were on their way to church when they came upon a crippled beggar at the gate. You see... The sick, diseased, and handicapped were considered unclean and were prohibited to go beyond the gate. So people who were Gentiles, sick, diseased, or handicapped, they could only go so far to the place of worship. They were restricted, prohibited beyond that point. They were considered unclean. Everybody said what? Unclean. So they lived, in their estimation, and the rest of the world, far 
from God. They really live far from God. Peter had seen Jesus show compassion and heal people in this very area many times. Jesus had trucked through this particular area of the temple many times and healed people who were sick and diseased and led them into the presence of God all the way into the church. Peter had seen that many times. And Peter at this point knew that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was now in him. So he saw this crippled man and wanted to mimic Jesus. He wanted to help people get closer to God. He wanted to take this man further into the presence of God. So Peter took the man by the hand and lifted him up and said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man who had been born crippled was immediately healed. Peter and John cheered and celebrated. Can you cheer and celebrate with them? Come on, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Wow! Everybody say it. Wow! Peter and John cheered and celebrated with him as they walked into the church. The crowd was amazed, and they wondered who did this miracle, and how did they do it? Well, Peter stood up and told everyone, He told everyone this. It was who? It was Jesus who healed this man. Faith in His name has made this man walk, is what Peter said. Peter told everyone, it was Jesus. He's alive. And faith in His name has made this man walk. Faith in His name can also forgive your sins and make you whole. Faith in His name can restore your relationships, heal your hurts, help with your troubles, and give you peace. It was a two-minute sermon. And he, he just shared that. The crowd was receptive. Peter's message was trending. You hear all the notifications. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, it was It was trending. And many were making decisions for Jesus. But others were getting, everybody say the word, disturbed. Say it kind of ugly. Disturbed. All right. In fact, let's read it. Acts chapter 4 and verse 1. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. Being greatly, everybody say the word, disturbed, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about, everybody say it. Wow. Everybody say, what? Wow. So 5,000 people, it was, the message was trending. 5,000 people ended up turning and believing in Jesus Christ. But these other guys were disturbed. See, the religious leaders had done everything they could to silence the name of Jesus. I mean, they had slandered Jesus. They murdered Jesus. They even paid the temple guards to lie 
that the disciples had stole the body of Jesus. You remember that? They didn't want Jesus' name, his anything being promoted. They were trying to rid every statement about Jesus. And that's what they were doing. And that's what they had done. These religious leaders thought they were done with Jesus. But now, Jesus' name has resurrected, has resurfaced through some transformed believers. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Jesus' name has resurrected. First, his body resurrected. But as far as the Jerusalem council was concerned, they thought they had rid themselves of him. Nobody was talking about him. Forty, fifty days passed. Peter came down on one day and, you know, he said something about Jesus in one of his first sermons when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. He shared 2,000 believers came to Christ that day. Now, 5,000 people come to Christ. And Jesus' name is being talked about. Jesus' name is being shared. The religious leaders, I mean, were upset. They came marching out like skunks with their tails up, ready for a fight. They were mad enough to eat bees. They were livid. Look at your neighbor and say, livid. The religious leaders had the three guys arrested. Arrested Peter, John, and the ex-cripple. The charge was spreading this. Everybody say it out loud. That's what I said Peter was doing. Peter, you're spreading fake news. They called it heresy. So they arrested John and Peter and the crippled man for heresy. But since it was evening, we read, the courthouse was closed. The judges were gone for the day. So they threw Peter, John, and the ex-cripple in prison and scheduled their trial or their stoning, because that was the capital punishment for heresy, they scheduled the stoning first thing in the morning. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Oh no. Listen. Our new faith in Jesus and church is going to disturb some people around you. Your new faith your new excitement about Jesus, your love for Christ, and your love for church, your wanting to learn, it's going to disturb some people. See, aligning with Jesus will create some backlash. I mean, people won't throw rocks at you, but they'll throw their disappointment, their disapproval, their disgust, arched eyebrows, narrowed lips, Crossed arms, shaking heads, criticism, ridicule, rejection. It hurts. But we shouldn't be surprised that it happens. You see, Jesus gave us warning. Here's what Jesus said, John chapter 15, verse 18. Read it with me if you would. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. 
persecution has a variety of faces. Comes in a lot of different faces. Family, friends, bosses, teachers, co-workers, classmates. A lot of faces of persecution. But there is really only one source of the persecution. Only one place that it comes from. The source of all persecution comes from this guy. Everybody said, who is it? Uwe, Coco. As they say. But it's the truth. The Bible calls the devil our enemy, our adversary, our accuser. You don't believe the devil's real? Just decide to live like Jesus and you'll find out. Huh? The devil is the instigator behind all of the persecution and trouble and trials and, and temptation. He is the instigator behind all of it. Well, listen, maybe not the temptation. If you're on a diet and you're having a temptation for chocolate, that's not the devil, that's just you. <laughs> but other temptation that is sinful is obviously instigated by the devil. And the devil has a reason that he does it. Jesus revealed the reason the devil uses temptation. He uses persecution. He uses trouble. Matthew chapter 13, verse 21, here's what Jesus said. Read it out loud with me. Some believers have no roots, no foundation. So they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. Now you see it. The devil instigates problems, persecutions, and troubles in hopes of getting you to fall away. The word he used was wither. The devil uses persecution, temptations, and troubles to wither our faith and our witness. The devil throws punches in bunches to knock us down or to knock us out. Listen, if we have no roots, if we're not anchored, we're an easy win. I mean, because without any roots or anchor, it doesn't even take much effort to knock us down. See, without a foundation, it doesn't take much. I mean, it doesn't take much to knock us down. I mean, the slightest hit. Down and out. Right? But if you have a foundation... If you fill yourself with God's Word and God's Spirit. So listen, every time you come to church, get a little bit. Every time you read a devotion, you get a little bit. Every time you spend some time in prayer, you listen to a CD message. Every time you download the app and listen to one of my messages. Huh? You get a little bit more. Every time you come to a small group study, I mean, you just keep getting more and more. And the more you get, guess what happens? You're building a foundation. I'm getting myself filled with God's Word and God's Spirit. It's supernatural. And listen, you just a little bit will start building that foundation and it grows and it grows and it grows. 
so that next time the troubles, the difficulties, the problems, the circumstances happen, well, guess what happens? I mean, the devil's going to throw his punches. He's going to try to hurt you and, and do what he's going to do. But guess what? You're not going to fall. The devil can throw a roundhouse at you. It'll hurt. But guess what? You're not going to go down because you have a solid foundation. You're filled with God's Word and God's Spirit. If you wonder why you keep falling into the same circumstances and situations, if you keep falling for the same things, it's because there's no foundation. You're an easy win. But whenever we fill our lives with God's Word and God's Spirit and we keep filling that foundation, it does this. It just will keep us up no matter how hard we get hit, punched, kicked, anything. Troubles, persecution, temptation. So if we want to stay upright, we need to anchor ourselves with God's Word and God's Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, if you want a different outcome, because if you keep falling down, and if you want a different outcome, you need to start making some changes. Here's what he said, Ephesians 5.17, read it with me. He said, don't act thoughtlessly, but, here's what you need to do, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Then he says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, everybody, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, search the Scriptures to know God's will and stay full of the Holy Spirit. This will make you strong and it will make you a resilient Christian. That's what it did for Peter when he was under fire. Let's read it in verse 5 if you would. Here's what it says. You know, the, they came out, arrested them, and it came to pass on the next day, that next morning, that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they set, you know, Peter, John, and the ex-crippled, they set them in the midst and asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? So after a long night in jail, Peter, John, and the ex-crippled guy are marched up to the Sanhedrin council. They are placed in the hot box and they're grilled. By what power and what name have you done this? The religious leaders don't even call it a miracle. It's pretty crazy. And if you remember... See, they had accused Jesus of doing miracles by demonic powers. So that's why they don't even call it a miracle. They said, by what power and whose name have you done this? Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth, but we're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts. There's much more to learn from the life of the early church, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we would like to extend an invitation to you. Come join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship. 
We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study at 7 and Saturday evenings at 6.30. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think might benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Acts and discover more about the disciples and how the early church got started. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim We'll be fools for you as you work in us May your power show in the deeds we sow Let us join our hands and together we stand Together